This is Let's Talk Education Research, a research podcast from the Institute of Education at Dublin City University, with me, your host, Dr. Peter Tiernan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's episode of Let's Talk Education Research. This month, I'm here with Dr. Eamon Costello from the School of STEM Education, Innovation and Global Studies at the Institute of Education in Dublin City University. Thanks a million for joining me this month, Eamon. Lovely to see you, and thank you for giving up your time to come on the podcast and speak to us about your recent publication. Um, so we always start just giving you, you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. So do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you very much, Peter. I'm delighted to be here, and my name is Eamon Costello. I am Associate Professor of Digital Learning here in the School of STEM Education Innovation Global Studies here in the Institute of Education in DCU. I moved here from our Glasnevin campus. I relocated this year. I was previously working in our open education unit and I was working with online learners and I taught and researched in a variety of areas around uh, online learning and computing in, in education. And you were with, that's DCU Connect, isn't it? Yes, you DCU were there for Connected was it. Yes, I've been in the university since 2004. So you're, you're a lifer, like yes. myself. Yes, yep. Well, we're delighted to have you join, join our school. Um, so what are you here to talk to us about today, your recent publication? Well, you're going to have to bleep this bit out, Peter, because okay. some bad language coming up. Do we have I'm, to time this? <laughs> because I'm here to talk about ChatGTP and the educational AI chatter, full of bullshit, are trying to tell us something. like the title already. Uh so this is an article. This is the title. That's the title of a short piece I wrote recently, um, about ChatGPT and educational educational AI, which is is very topical, and it's there's a lot of um, chat chatter about this, if you like, and the word um, bullshit is in there, and that is uh, a reference to a philosophical treatise by Harry Frankfurt in, in nineteen eighty five. And he was a philosopher who wrote about this idea, essentially, that is about non-truths. We're just talking about stuff. It doesn't matter what we're saying. And this idea has been used a lot. It's been widely cited, and, and people have picked this up and ran with it. Um, Ibrah Bratt, uh, Ibra Bratt and Alison McKenzie from Queens, they had a book about this, um, Epistemolo- Epistemologies of Deceit, Lies, Bullshit and Fake News. and tapped into this very Trumpian thing about mm. it doesn't matter what you're saying, just keep talking. And we get clouded up with all this fog um, of, of non-truths, if you like. Mm. And it only matter who's talking and who's, who's got the, the ear of the people, if you like. And so It's about the voice that's being heard rather than the, the words that are coming out. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so this can be use, used as a frame in discourse analysis or to look at a, a conversation that uh, groups of people are having and just if we can Mm. take a step back a little Mm. bit so the context of the paper is Mm. obviously uh, our listeners will be aware of how prevalent chat gpt ai more generally but that seems to have captured everybody's imagination Mm. in the headlines uh, on social media and that's what you're picking up on is the chatter of well, Neil Selwyn had a, an article on this in 2016 about uh, minding our language and how ed tech is full of bullshit and what to do about it in learning media technology. And this, I think, is happening in the education discourse now. We're just having all of this mania and hyperbole about 
generative AI and all of this kind of thing. So that's what I tried to unpack a bit in the article okay. to say we've been here before. Okay. And this is the dangers of all of this talk. Uh, but it's also relevant because people have used this concept of bullshit, you see this quite a lot, to talk about the output of generative AIs like ChatGPT. And essentially, one of the lines of thinking is, they just tell you what you want to hear. They've no reference to ground truth. And they're just sounding, telling us something that sounds believable and plausible so we can ask the next question and keep us hooked into this chat with them. And they're not trying to tell us facts or anything. They're just trying to convince us. Interesting. So there's there's the bullshit in terms of the, the conversation that's happening, but also the information that's coming from the AI also. Okay, mm. great. Um, and obviously in terms of the, the, the relevance of it, is there an angle that you have in the paper in terms of that importance or relevance? So, so I know you're talking about the, the conversation and the need for maybe clarity around it. Um, are you, do you look at this specifically around assessment? Is it a general view in education? I to, to pick up on something you said very important there, Peter, you talked about clarity mm -hmm. about this. And I think that's really important. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And how do we find this clarity? And what I tried to do to contribute something new to this, or something slightly different, let's say, something old rather than something new, was to take another step back. We sound like we're going to a wedding. <laughs> something old, something new. We just need to mention blue now later on, and we're, we're sorted. Blue sky thinking, yes. So we, uh, we but I looked at, uh, I try to think about bullshit. A lot of bullshit is like, it's we have this anxiety that we're being clouded from the facts, and you mentioned clarity. But there's also an idea I tried to draw on from Buddhist philosophy and thought, a very old idea called Papancha, from the ancient language of Pali. And this is about, um, I have a quote here I can read from Kenna from 1997, and, and um, it says, we will discover that everything we are carrying around in our minds is nothing but extraneous matter. It has been put there by our desires, rejections, reactions, thoughts, plans, hopes, ideas, and viewpoints. And there is this idea that we generate, we generate all this proliferation of stuff. We generate all this mental chaos in our minds the moment we wake up. Mm. And it starts and it doesn't stop until we go to sleep. Uh, and we have a capacity for both generating this stuff mm -hmm. and also for expecting it and getting entangled in it. As it occurs, so as you're talking to me, you're generating something. I'm getting entangled in that. You talk to me, mm -hmm. and something that I'm picking up on, and both in what you're saying and also in the conversations that I see. Do you think, or do you talk about this in your paper, um, that there's a tendency for it's almost like um, like a cyclone? So people get pulled into the conversation, and that everybody feels a need to be part of that conversation to, to, so to contribute something rather than nothing is that something that you that is a beautiful metaphor peter a cyclone i love that it's like that's exactly it it's um and also our listeners now the, mil the millions of listeners around the world right we have their ears at this moment they are hanging on our every word of right? course so and you are waiting for me and each word that I say to you now is one that you are expecting and predicting. Mm. 
and we have this capacity to just follow conversations like this and get you know we have this predictive capacity of what comes next we know we're all we're just expecting what word is next right mm-hmm. so we're sort of these prediction machines and these theory generating machines and sometimes we so the words are like objects and we are the subject and we are following these objects and predicting them and generating them and we get caught up in this dance this whirlwind this uh, cyclone that you talk about but now and again this subject object distinction can collapse this duality mm. and then we fall into some kind of moment of clarity and then we get to get a bit of insight <laughs> mm. and a bit of perspective and a bit of rest and a bit of um tapping into something beyond the chatter and the hype so that was something i was trying to get at so that i i think that's really interesting and the the your closing sentence of something you were trying to get at so um i suppose just moving on to the what are you what were you getting at so um do you draw any any arguments or conclusions around so we're talking about that bullshit and people getting you know pulled into the chatter are you cautioning that are you are you um arguing for a step back a pause let's reflect on what's happening in ai chat gtp and not get caught up in the hyperbole um a, a bit of reflection a bit of maybe honest looking at what we do in practice is there anything you're drawing out in, in that regard um it's not i'm not being very directive okay. i'm not i wouldn't presume to tell people what to do right yes People know what to do. <laughs> they have their own um, creativity and ideas. Um, but And we don't know what's useful in a given time. But I think it, giving ourselves trust in what we have and not get too caught up in these new things. Um, to give space, certainly, for reflection. Um, and to... We are story machines, so on the one hand, we need to tell the stories that we want to get out there. Mm. So we need to tell useful stories, but we also need to have the do-nothing option. A lot of life, including teaching and academia, is about relentless sort of extroversion and outputting and this mania for outputting. We're like chat GPT, you know. <laughs> I have this anxiety, what am I outputting now? What kind of great class am I going to give or article like I'm going to write or something? Uh, so it's just acknowledging these things as well and this this effect, this proliferative and generative effect. Acknowledging it first before we decide to do anything about it and just okay. saying this is this is in our nature to do this. And um, this isn't part of your article, so, so it, uh, I don't mean to spring a question on you, but, but an area of interest for me is, um, you know, digital competencies and digital literacy. And there is elements of, you know, being critical consumers of information and I think AI is is throwing a real wrinkle into that debate, A, because of the sophistication of it, B, because oftentimes we don't know that AI is powering what's coming at us. Um, have you any thoughts on that in terms of the, the need for this to be exposed or put front and centre in terms of, you know, we need to understand or we need society to understand what information is coming from where and be critical consumers of that. Absolutely, Peter. That's the vast majority of impact studies on AI in education have been conducted by the developers of the particular technologies, 
increasingly for commercial organizations with small number of learners. So a lot of the research on this is not good, it's suspect. And it's a very good article by Holmes and Toomey from 2002 in the European Journal of um, uh, Artificial Intelligence and Education. And I tried to unpack this with some of my students this year. We, we looked at this article and tried to examine some of the critical development of AI, its roots in largely in behaviorism in Skinner's um, experiments with pigeons and so on. <laughs> As in how this, how the uh, AI is developed is, you know, you are correct, so do more of this, you are wrong, don't do that again. Is that, yeah, is that like... there is this element of, you know, we'll get a student in front of a computer and we'll hook it up to them and we'll personalize the hell out of this student and we'll optimize the SH1T out of this teacher and so on. Uh, and in their article, they talk about Gert Biesta's um, individuation and subjectification functions of, of education as opposed to just improving the learner and so on. And these are two different metaphors that neither of them is true. They're both useful. Um, but uh, that's much, there's very little about that in, in the AI and education discourse. It's mostly about optimizing experiences of learners and teachers, but also them themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So we need to be able to critically read this research, as you point out, to look at the methodological uh, strengths and mostly shortcomings of all of it and say, what do we truly know with certainty that's going to be useful for us in education in the future using AI? And, and I do think there's, you know, a lot of arguments for the benefits of some of the tools in terms of AI supporting teachers doing their work and supporting educators, supporting students. Mm. I think there's just a careful balance to be had in how it's used. And yeah, Pierre Dillenberg is a great researcher in, in AI and education. And he talked in a great article about digital the future of digital education that's a few years old now, but still highly relevant. And he foresaw more teachers. He called for more teachers, which is very heartening from AI and education research. It's not that robots are going to replace people or anything. And it's actually very perceptive because really it's a human endeavor. It's going to be here, education, it's going to endure. But he foresaw that teachers will be conducting ensembles of AIs in classrooms. They would have, you know, different things. And I think that's certainly... We can certainly see the way that teaching is going. It is getting very specialized to manage all of this complexity. It needs to be more team-based. We need to just embed the idea of teaching in distributed teams of people like we conceptualize research. Mm. And that would be helpful to teachers. Certainly for me in my teaching, it's often a lonely place. And sometimes I get a real boost when I'm team teaching with someone and co-teaching something. And it gives me more somehow confidence in my own ability and that okay this isn't you know there's ways I can get better and some of what I'm doing is good but it certainly helps me to team to be teaching with others in that respect and I, I think that ties into um for our listeners Eamon you uh, lead the specialism in computer science teaching and learning for computer science for post-primary educators on our PME in post-primary here in DCU um is that feeding in? Is this feeding into that module, or could you tell us a little bit about that specialism? And, and do you see any computer, sorry, AI elements feeding into that in the future? Yeah, well, I have a, a background in, in computer science, as I mentioned, and uh, been exploring this with students on the specialism in computer science for for teachers, 
and um, we there's a there's a real lack of computer science teachers in Irish schools if if we want to embed it as as a discipline and um, I have a great gra for just programming and coding and all this stuff I could geek out on this stuff for <laughs> for a long time uh, but AI in terms of coding it's actually like I like writing and text and everything else but what AI can do with augmenting coding or coding ability is just that blows me away every time more so than its text generation capabilities like the ability to prototype stuff ideas you're an ideas person Peter you have lots of ideas and I'm an ideas person of too many ideas but so you could sit down in front of chat YouTube tea and I've done this with students and we just you can do things like comment code and iterate code much more quickly and this relates back to a lot of really cool long-standing pedagogies like um, Parsons problems in computing educational research where it's taking cognitive load off the learner mm. giving them simple problems so they don't get caught up in trying to write syntax too quickly and mm. scaffold them into these complex um, areas by by concentrating on the basics and AIs could could help us do that it could take away some of this um, complexity of trying to learn all the syntactical rules of, of a language just to get into it and start to develop computational thinking yeah I think also it it the the computer science element of it and the understanding possibly of how these systems are built or at least the core elements of what goes into building something would help understanding around what you know what is AI and where is it fitting in you know in terms of the computer science curriculum and the importance of that within Irish education and the importance of teachers to be able to of the importance of us to have teachers to fill those those positions you know um, so that as students who are want to um, improve their skills and knowledge around computer science have the places in schools across the country you know it's just important um, subject to have there absolutely and on the other to give a counterfactual to all this i mean this ai literacy how ais are built and what they produce is an important part of literacy um but uh Kenneth kerwin who did a, a phd here with myself and then john and i was very fortunate to be supervising her irc scholar on computer science in, in irish schools and she used unplugged activities with teachers That's right yeah and this is a wonderful way of getting off of this insane grid and uh you know so it's the same concepts but yeah paper-based or paper-based or yeah. using cards or games and stuff mm. like that so that that was that was uh and for our listeners so we'll obviously have uh Eamon's article linked in the description but we'll link to Colette Kerwin's article as well yeah. so you can have yeah. a look at that unplugged computational thinking or some yeah um, she had a uh, an article published last year on design-based research of of um for teaching computational thinking okay great well, Eamon, um, fascinating stuff, um, and the article's a really interesting read, and as I say, the link will be there on the podcast. So, what's next? It seems to me that you, you, you're grappling with, um, you know, the hyperbole and, and the other metaphors we've used today around the cyclone and that. Is there a next step for this? Is there people you'd like to speak to, collaborate with, research, um, speak to? I've already said that one. Um the next steps for this area of research for you is there is there something else coming 
Uh, I'm not quite sure, Peter, what the what the part two is. I have okay. to say, I, I was in a queue of of something recently, and I bumped into a wonderful uh, researcher here in the IOE, Dr. Mabel Bryan, and she was talking about her interest in contemplative pedagogies, which sounds very interesting. I thought I, I would love to do that, you know. So I'm not I'm not sure is is the answer, but we'll just see where where the next um thing takes me. Okay. Okay, well, I think anybody listening and uh, you have a read of Eamon's article, you'll see that his insights are really important into AI and that whole conversation. Um, and we'll have Eamon's contact details attached to the description of the podcast. So get in touch if you'd like to collaborate with him or investigate any of the areas that he is um, interested so interested in sorry um so Eamon just finish up by saying thanks a million for for joining um me and us this month for episode 13 i think ron um so i really appreciate it um very interesting conversation and very interesting read um your article is a very interesting read so um yeah thanks very much peter take care bye-bye thanks again for joining us and let's talk education research find out more about the podcast, you can email me directly on peter.d.tierna at dcu.ie or you can find me on Twitter at pt underscore phone underscore home.